There's a saying in India, don't go near king cobras. But the Indian gray mongoose says bupkis to that. When you are combating the world's largest venomous snake, you'd better be light on your feet, swift as the sunrise, and also completely immune to snake venom. Surviving isn't easy in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. 30 minutes of animal info that belonged to you. Me? No, the listener. Oh. I was pointing at the, the microphone. I don't get any of them? Well, who are you? Because I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. And today we're talking about the best part of the Jungle Book, Ricky Ticky Tavi. <laughs> the best part? Yeah, the, in my opinion. I, th- I like the part with the seals. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's the worst part. It's so boring. I, oh my god! It was good character development. Maxing out the mic is how much I don't like that. <laughs> you were very surprised. Good at character my... development. I, it was that. That was the most boring part of the book. I empathized with the second seals. only to the kid who's like in charge of the elephants. I don't remember that part. Well, we digress because this isn't a, a literature podcast. Nope. There, I, I can't even think of a good one. <laughs> I can think of a good animal podcast, and that's Life, Death, and Taxonomy, which you're listening to right now. So what animal are we doing? We are doing uh, the Indian Grey Mongoose. Is that what Ricky, T- R- Ricky Tiki Tavi is? We can only assume. There is a movie about him. Ricky Tiki Tavi. I've mm-hmm. seen it. I haven't. Is it good? It's like a little short cartoon. Is it, is it Don Bluth? I don't think so. Is it Don Bluth-esque? If it was Don Bluth, oh, I'd be down. It would be the best. Yeah, I'd have that. I'd own that. But yeah, we're doing the Indian Grey Mongoose. The Blurry Furry. The Out of Focus Hocus Pocus. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, you're going to go into the the uh, physical appearance, but I think it looks like old TV static or a composition notebook. <laughs> <laughs> like that black and white sp- speckled thing. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You, could, you can't rip the pages out, so it's useless. You might as well get a regular notebook, but whatever. <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to the description in a bit. Um, are you ready for some taxonomical mm-hmm. breaking down? Mm, sure. Break Let's... it up. So. Mix things up. Break it up this time. Okay. We'll mix things up. You know what kingdom we're in this time? Cordata? Mm, no. Oh, okay. Well. Well, I mean, we're in the phylum Cordata. <laughs> we're in the kingdom Animalia. Animalia, some say. Animalia, some others say. Uh, but I like to say you know, Animalia. Animalia. <laughs> the, Animalia. Like the Animaniacs. <laughs> yeah. So Phylum, you may have heard. Chordata. Mm-hmm. Because this thing strikes a chord in our hearts. It, do- it does. Class, Mammalia. Your favorite. Uh-huh. Which and is, your first. Which is, this is a momentous occasion that I am doing my very first mammal as the major facts. Congratulations. Order, Carnivora. Because this thing eats other things. That are also living. This is... And, and people too. Th- this is weird... <laughs> what? <laughs> this is weird because there, order carnivora exists under the class mammalia. So... What's like alligator? Can uh, can things in other phylums and classes not be carnivores? They I think can't car- be... carnivoria are just m- mammal carnivores. Yeah, so I guess... But you can be a carnivore and not be in the order order carnivora which is like why name it that i don't know why not just have a phylum carnivora and then move on from there that might be why there's a suborder to to narrow sure and we definitely have to say the suborder for this one feliformia feliformia 
that uh, I've heard it both ways. Because it looks like feline. It means cat-like. Yeah, it means cat-like. And it includes cats, hyenas, and civets. And Honda civets. (laughs) (laughs) And friend of the podcast, the Binturong. Oh, yeah. The the popcorn-smelling cat bear thing that's neither a bear nor a cat. And it doesn't smell popcorn. Except for it does because it smells like popcorn and it smells itself. What? <laughs> you said popcorn smelling and it sounds like it goes around smelling popcorn. But smell goes both ways. You can it either. Does. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Uh, family. Herpestis. Hold on. Let me just compose myself for this word again. Because <laughs> it's. I have to say it kind of twice. This is not the hardest one we've done. Herpestidae. Yeah, there we go. Um, uh, meerkats are in that family. Yeah, small filiformia. Or feliformias, you know? Feliformias. <laughs> or feliformias, uh, native to Asia and Africa, same as meerkats. Mm-hmm. So uh, meerkats are adorable, and these guys, these guys are these guys are pretty cute. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. They're n- they're no colored beaker. <laughs> no, no. Well, that's unfair to that's that an is unfair, unfair comparison. That that's uh yeah. Uh, the genus is Herpestes. Okay. And it contains ten species. But my favorite species name is the one we're doing today. Uh, <laughs> the, the binomial name, drum roll please, is <laughs> Herpestes Edwardsi. Someone named Edward is just like, Edward, yes. Edward, yes. <laughs> Edward, yes. <laughs> Edward C. <laughs> what a megalomaniac Edward was. <laughs> if someone asked me if Edward was a megalomaniac, I'd say C. <laughs> Edward? C. Yeah. Uh, description. All right. Let's get into what it looks like. Give it to me. It's got a long, thin body with a bushy tail that has thicker fur on the ends. Okay. Thicker, not necessarily like thicker, like as in like coarser, like just it's more it's of it. bushier. Yeah, there. That's a better word. Bushier. Um, it's brown and gray on its back. It has dark brown legs, um, and sometimes it has dark reddish orange around the face. So when you were talking about it earlier, it's got this, like it has speckled or striped patterns on the back. And the way it is, you have to look up a picture of it, but the speckles make it look low res. Mm -hmm. Like it's got like these white speckles that like come through, but it's, you can't pinpoint exactly where one speckle is and one isn't. The animal is an optical illusion. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) some pictures of it. Um, It has a short triangle shaped snout. Hence its cuteness. Uh-huh. And its tail and body are the same length. Did not know that. Yeah. It doesn't look like it in pictures, but apparently It looks so. like it has a really long body because it looks like a weasel, even though it's not one. Yeah. More on that later. Um, I said length. So that means it's time for Don't. the listeners' favorite segment of Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Measure up! Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> um, alrighty. So, in this season of Measure Up, uh, I'm going to pose to you some questions, and you're going to tell me how many, based, like... How many what, units? How many units you think the... the it, you'll see. I can't wait. I'm great at guessing large numbers. Okay, this is going to blow your freaking mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, in length, tail to nose tip... Uh, each part is about 17 inches, so in total it's about 34 inches. Okay. Um, 86.36 centimeters. So how many mongooses, or 
How many mongoose lengths go into the average cumulus cloud? There's no such thing as an average yeah, cumulus there is. cloud. There's an average cumulus cloud. I'll cite my source at the end. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> they take, they measure the shadow based on the sun's position, and they 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 measure the length of a cloud. That seems like it wouldn't yield very helpful information for meteorologists. Uh, I think it does. <laughs> well, okay, so segment. so the length of an average cumulonimbus cloud. Yeah. And not. Do you want me to? Not cumulus, cumulonimbus, the big ones that make thunderstorms. It just says cumulus. Oh, cumulus. Yeah. Oh, so these are smaller. Smaller. Mm. This is going to change my. Do you answer. want me to give you the length of the cloud, <laughs> or do you want me to like? No, I'm going for it. Okay, you give me a guess. I'll give you the length of the cloud if you get it wrong. Okay. Well, I'm going to get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> or if you don't get it even close. If I'm not even close. Okay, go for it. All right, I'm going to say six thousand three hundred and twenty-five. Hmm. What? That's longer. Longer. I thought you would go short. But that's a lot longer. Oh, it's, it's six a lot times longer. as long. Oh, dang. <laughs> it's, uh, I thought you were giving me that face because I was close. No, no. Um, it's 1,157 mongooses. See, I always picture a cumulus cloud, the shadow of it covering like a small town. Yeah. Um, it's about a kilometer across. Okay. That's a really small town. I'm sure there are 6,000 mongoose length clouds. Out, out there. there, yeah. Because um, they all, like, they're amorphous. <laughs> I can't imagine this. <laughs> I, didn't, okay. I didn't know that anybody cared. You had trouble with the length. Let's move on to the weight. Maybe you'll get that one. So they're about three pounds, two to two to four. So I averaged about three. Um, so how many mongooses go into the average cumulus cloud in weight? <laughs> that I refuse to believe that they know how much one of those things <laughs> they weighs. They do? And I'll cite my source with you. <laughs> That's like your source. I want you to explain to me how they do this. I will. How they how they convince one of these clouds to step on a scale is beyond me. <laughs> they don't. They just know how much of how many atoms mass are in it, it or is. Whatever. Yeah. All right. I don't know. This is going to be crazy because I bet you it's a lot lighter or a lot heavier than I think it is. <laughs> it's definitely not a medium weight. <laughs> I'm going to say 50. I'm way off. <laughs> Dang it. So... One of these days I'm going to get one of these right. This is how many mongooses go into a cumulo, um, the, the, the average cumulus cloud. It's going to be half of a mongoose. 300. Oh, man. <laughs> 66,666 mongooses. What? A cloud is 1 million pounds. The average cumulus cloud is 1 million pounds. And they measure this based <laughs> on... Should, the- I, should I have already known this? Am I an idiot? No, this is insane to me. <laughs> uh, first of all, the fact that it's the average is about a kilometer and it's about a million pounds. That's, those are perfect numbers. It's a million point one, but that's pretty <laughs> close. Um, but they, they measure the, um, the amount of like water molecules or water uh, vapor inside of a cloud of that size. So based on a full cloud of water molecules... That much water condensed is about a hundred freaking elephants in weight. <laughs> oh my gosh! But it, but each little particle is so small and light. It, it would take like trillions to make even a raindrop. That's how small these particles are. But there are trillions of trillions, and it's over a kilometer spread out. So that's why it I floats. guess. Man, that's crazy. Clouds are buoyant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're also they're lighter than dry air, so they have buoyancy. That's amazing. 
And so, welcome listeners to Life, Death, and Taxonomy, the meteorology podcast. (laughs) Now we can move on to (laughs) to their range quickly. Um, That's the bag of the podcast for me, and I I thought I had a ton of interesting (laughs) stuff about this guy. Oh, we're going to get to some good stuff. All right. They live in West India, West Asia and India, um, Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, um, Iran, Afghanistan, Pakistan, India, Nepal, Sri Lanka, other things I can't pronounce, and Bangladesh. Okay. Um, and they can live in several different environments, but they appear more often in, in wide open spaces rather than dense forests, um, like grasslands, rocky terrains, semi-deserts, scrub, forest edges, and like bushy areas. I would too. Yeah. If I looked like that, <laughs> if I looked like a, like a big out of focus bush. You'd live in a scrub? I would be a shrub. Here's some fast facts right before we get into the major fact. Na- the name has nothing to do with geese. Um, it comes from the Telugu word mangisi, right. and uh, the pl- plural is technically, as we have been saying, it's technically mongooses, but right. it can be also heard mongoose by sm- some people. By Philistines. <laughs> uh, it looks like a weasel, like you said, but it's not related to a weasel, like you said. Weasels are in the family Mustilidae uh, with badgers, otters, and wolverines. So this is, yeah, like we said, more related to hyenas. Yeah. Which is crazy. No, no, no. This is, yeah, this is more related. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got one more fast fact, but I'll save it for after the major fact. All right. Major facts here reporting for duty. You've seen the movies, the pop culture, the taxidermied dioramas. (laughs) (laughs) It's the mongoose versus the cobra. It's one of the few animals that can take on a cobra and win. The cobra is awesome. And we might do uh, one on just that someday but for now we are doing its mortal enemy the mongoose the indian gray mongoose in particular um in fact the mongoose almost always wins these fights like 80 to 90 percent the mong- mongoose wins this Those isn't bad odds for the snake right <laughs> and we'll see why um i'm always reminded of that kamil nanjiani story where he's like living in as a kid in pakistan and for someone's birthday party they bring a mongoose and a snake and they fight in like this wow. ring in between the kids that's terrible and then the, the mongoose immediately like disables the cobra and they spend the next nine minutes watching the mongoose slowly eat the cobra <laughs> alive and it's the worst birthday party he's ever been to <laughs> so that's what got me thinking about this because Kamal nanjiani is one of my favorite comedians so the question is, how do they survive an encounter with Cobra Kai? Well, Daniel-san has a trick up his sleeve. <laughs> the crane kick. Because when do right, no can defend. <laughs> but actually, like most mongooses, uh, Daniel-san is highly resistant, if not immune, to snake venom. Uh, though getting bit by a giant snake sucks, and uh, whether, you, whether there's venom involved or not. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. It's uh, sharp stuff. <clears throat> Right, and it's going... With bad with bad stuff in it. It's like being stabbed with a knife that doesn't have poison on it. Great. <laughs> yeah. um, hot, hot poison. And actually, the mongoose has is not the only animal that has this resistance. Uh, a lot of other animals do, like uh, opossums, mm-hmm. wood rats, and sure. also the snakes themselves. So they don't kill themselves, while if they miss like a mouse and hit them and bite themselves. If, if they get too long and bite their own tail... Like in the the ancient Nokia game, Snake. You ever play that game? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, the yeah. ancient Nokia. I thought you were going to say like the ancient um, world serpent from Norse mythology. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you know, snakes, the more they eat, the longer they get. And eventually, they'll just eat themselves. Fair point. Um, so here's a little bit about the King Cobra. 
because you got to know its mortal enemy. It's the largest venomous snake on Earth. It's 20 feet long, which is three times taller than Shaq. Oh my goodness, it's a bonus bonus episode of Measure Up. A a mini Measure Up inside of his bigger Measure Up. Um, And it's also 35 pounds, which is one-thirtieth of a grand piano. Have we done the grand piano yet? Uh, Nope. Nope. Okay. Its bite can kill a human in 30 minutes, which is twice as long as King Louis Antoine's reign in 1830. (laughs) He, he had a reign really? of a little bit more than 15 minutes because Aww. he immediately uh, abdicated the throne to his nephew. 15 minutes later. Yeah. Interesting. So if he had just hung on a little bit more, uh, someone could have died from a King Cobra bite in that much time. <laughs> it's also been known to kill an elephant. Yike. That is crazy to me. Um, but it's not always fatal, but it usually is. They usually eat other snakes. That's their main diet. And their only predator besides humans, is the mongoose. Mm. But encounters between these two foes is not super common. Neither one is on the other one's, like, main list of things to eat because it's pretty dangerous Yeah, for both the mongoose and the uh, the snake, but more for the snake. So the mongoose uses its uh, feliforma reflexes, a.k.a. cat-like refle- oh. reflexes, to dodge the cobra and come in for a left hook. And by left hook... I mean biting the snake's head and trying to crush its skull. Yeah, I've read that that's how he likes to go after most things. Yeah, crushing its skull with its like Yeah, back bite of the force. neck, back of the head. Especially with a snake, it's the it's the way to go. Pretty much anything that can bite you, it's good to not be in the front of the, the face. Right. And the the cobra after being bit will usually try to wrap around the mongoose and crush it, but by it it usually is does not have the strength and is dead soon afterward. Um or at least paralyzed. And then the, the mongoose consumes the snake entirely. which mm. And this is an interesting thing. Snake venom is not poisonous. It's venomous. Well, yeah, but it needs to be injected. It needs to be mixed. So it's the snake venom is saliva of the snake that is mixed with um, zootoxins. So it has these glands of zootoxins that injects with the saliva. And the enzymes and the toxins mixing together make for the deadly toxin neurotoxin that it injects but those two things separately are not uh harmful to the mongoose so it can just eat the whole snake no problem hmm. which i thought was crazy that i always thought that it just had this big sack of stuff that you don't even want to touch right um but it seems that it kind of makes this concoction before it bites so here's the big question mm-hmm. how does it do this it just believes in itself I, could, I, I saw that question written all over your face, and your answer is wrong. <laughs> Although it does believe in itself by instinct. <laughs> right, yeah. doesn't run away. So I, was, um, I saw an LA Times little blurb about this. Usually, this is how a cobra's venom, or snake venom in general, there are two camps for snake venom, um, and the cobra's venom is one that uh, disrupts communication between your brain and your muscles. So the zootoxins that are activated by the enzymes in the cobra's saliva bind to acetylchlorine. Acetylcholine. I wrote it in several different ways to pronounce this. And I still got it wrong. <laughs> acetylcholine receptors in your body. Uh, and then that blocks nerve muscle communication. So then your brain can't tell your lungs, your autonomic nervous system can't tell your lungs to to breathe hmm. or, your, or your heart to pump. And you usually asphyxiate. It's like uh, it's like getting injected with um, 
a load of opioids. You're paralyzed, essentially. Yeah. Huh. So the uh, the mongoose has modified acetylcholine receptors, so the majority of the zootoxins bounce off. Mm-hmm. So that's its crane kick. Right. Uh, and But it's still not, like I said, not great to be bit because it's not great to have that in your bloodstream anyway. So if a mongoose is bitten several times, it'll lose. Right. And then it'll become the snake's meal. And the snake will be very happy. <laughs> yeah. And lucky. Um, and all, or, or if it gets bit like two or three times, it could get really, really sick and not die, but still be bad. So that's all I've got for the mongoose. Well, I've also read that um, they've got a couple lines of defense besides the fact that they are like borderline immune. And they're swift. They're, and their swiftness. So yeah, that would be the first line of defense, their swiftness. Because they actively try to avoid being hit. They don't just get hit and then kill the, the cobra. Yeah. Um, but they also have like really thick and dense fur, so a glancing blow will mi- like not be able to get through the skin or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the skin is incredibly thick for an animal of its size, so that's its third line of defense. And then if it does get in, then it's got all of these immunities. So it's kind of like a honey badger plus immunity. Yeah, a honey badger I think is more so has. Th- thicker skin yeah like they they say that you can hit it with an axe and it it would be fine it sounds ridiculous that does like sound ridiculous at least break some bones <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so the fast fact that i was saving for the end of the episode was that so they go after mong uh they, they go after uh snakes with these cat-like reflexes they're trying not to get bit they, they they're doing this this expert jujitsu to get you know behind the head mm-hmm. bite the head done deal they also eat uh scorpions uh they they eat a bunch of stuff like bugs scorpions they're omnivorous but they mostly eat animals living things right but they don't mostly eat snakes right it's kind of like they will if they cross paths and any either one feels cornered they'll duke it out yeah so they'll eat anything that's small enough to eat that's around like mice and uh scorpions and spiders and things like that right lizards but scorpions they don't care about the snake the tail so other animals that eat scorpions will bite off the tail first and then eat the scorpion they just pick it up and eat it the however they want as it's like stinging them in the eye yeah doesn't they don't care doesn't do anything i feel like still you want to get that that's a bad move on their part you at least want to get rid of the sharp thing (laughs) Well, I think maybe the fur may, may be thick enough and like... But its face, to, it puts, it has to put the thing near its face to eat it. And then it has this, this honey, I shrunk the kid's death talon that, <laughs> that's stabbing it in the eye and nose. Yeah, well, they don't care. They're, they're fine with it. That's, that's too, uh, it's too blasé. <laughs> Speaking of French rulers. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's my fast fact. I have a fast fact about, the. Uh, French rulers. Uh, this is not the podcast for it, but we've already gone uh, off topic a little bit, and why not? They're called d- dolphins if you're the heir apparent, which is the French word for dolphin. So what's the French word? Air- dolphin. Oh, really? D-A-U-P-H-I-N. Interesting. Because the, the, the French royal uh, coat of arms has dolphins on it. Wow. So he was the dolphin apparent. For 15, well, no, for his whole life, and then he was king for 15 minutes, and then he signed it away, and then 15 minutes later, somebody died of a cobra 
(laughs) (laughs) Somebody far away. Oh, well, I don't think that's as interesting as the million pound clouds, but million pound clouds. (laughs) That is crazy. That is insane. And I thought it was what? A hundred pounds. Yeah. Yeah. That, that before I read this, I would have been like a hundred pound cloud. That's ridiculous. But no, there are 100 pounds. I love this game. (laughs) (laughs) I learned so much. All righty. So that's all we've got for the Indian Grey Mongoose. But that's just Mongoose. Mongooses in general. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when life strikes at you, dodge to the left and crush its skull like the Mongoose does in life, death, and taxonomy. Hey, everyone. It's time for our weekly plea for subscriptions and reviews. We honestly have a great time making this podcast, and we probably do it regardless, but our mission is to educate the plebes about the awesome things animals can do. But we need more plebes. If you know any, give them a shout and say, hey, did you know a cloud can weigh over 300,000 mongooses? And when they try and call your bluff, send them here so that they can learn themselves a thing or two about clouds and animals. As always, if you haven't already, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or whichever podcast app you use. And while you're there... Tell everyone what you think of our show by leaving a review. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Braintrust Brothers Network. For more information about this podcast or others, visit BraintrustBros.com. And crush its skull like the mongoose does in life, death, and taxonomy. These are getting violent. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before they were getting sexual. (laughs)